There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's an absolute pleasure to be back with you again today and I'm really excited today. We've got a a tremendous um, opportunity uh, today to um, do something a little bit different. And I kind of wonder, you know, if you've ever really thought about how you could you know, elevate your leadership to, uh, to new levels, you know, your work leadership, but maybe in other aspects of your life as well. And, you know, what are some of the key areas that you can focus on that, you know, might help you to make that shift? In today's world, there are so many opportunities to, um, to make a, a ripple and, and have a, a positive contribution uh, to the world as we know it. And it requires us to step up as leaders, as individuals, to go out there and make a difference and leave a tremendous legacy when we depart. And therefore, we're going to talk today about elevating leadership. And I mentioned to you that the, the platform today and the, um, the format is actually a little bit different because um, what we're going to do is um, I have been over you know, over the last, um, well, probably since we met two or three years, really, but over the last few months, I've been doing some really collaborative thinking with uh, an amazing man called Gene Early, who's going to be introduced very shortly. Uh, he's been a former guest on the show, so you may have um, had the opportunity to listen to um, his interview. Um, but what I decided was, as Gene and I are working together, was to um, to invite somebody um, special to uh, do the interviewing today. And uh, there was one person that I thought of, and that's my friend Stephen Morris, who you might remember from the interviews on the Artistry of Engagement, which was one of the top interviews last year in terms of listenership. And also I interviewed him on Curiosity. He's an absolutely fascinating man, Stephen. He has a, a real passion for, um, for consciousness and, and, and having a really purpose-driven approach. He's an amazing artist. Um, he's really well known for that now. And he's also um, created an incredible marketing agency, which is called Nth Degree. He's spoken at many national conferences on purpose-driven entrepreneurship. And he's founded the San Diego-based Creative Sphere, which is a series of salon roundtable conversations for business leaders on creativity and artistry at work. So I'm going to hand over to, um, to Steve Morris today to um, do the interviewing uh, on elevating leadership. And uh, I'm really excited about the insightful questions I know he's going to ask. Welcome, Steve. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, it feels like such an incredible honor not just to be back uh, on your amazing show, but uh, to to have the tables turned just a little bit. And uh, if you will, take the microphone away from you and be be uh, the one to sp- to point the spotlight in in both your direction and in Gene's direction. And uh, I will certainly say it's a, it's an incredible honor to uh, to have this opportunity. And I know your guests are going to get a ton out of today's conversation. So uh, thank you for that, Chris. And so as Chris mentioned, there is uh, two guests here on the show today. Uh, Chris Cooper probably needs no introduction, uh, but I'm going to introduce him anyhow. Many of you know him as the, uh, uh, the, the incredible, insightful host of the Business Elevation Show, which you're listening to. Uh, but some some of you might not know that uh, Chris's background is 25 years as a multifunctional business leader. Uh, his deep experience in working with global brands uh, and board levels uh, to support uh, organizations and several entrepreneur ventures. So Chris and his team uh, today elevate business performance and workplace engagement, and they act as catalysts to support the transition of business business leaders, and teams to a higher level of performance. Uh, All of what you hear Chris talk about in in many of his guests uh, is part and parcel to the work that he does day in and day out. Uh, And uh, it's also my pleasure to welcome Gene Early, uh, who, as Chris mentioned, uh, he and and Chris – or Chris and Gene have been in deep conversation with one another about a wide variety of things. And I think uh, some of the things that they'll share with you is some of their international experiences together. Uh, Gene is 
one of the leaders and a partner at a beautiful organization called Leaders Quest, um, and he's been obviously a guest on the show previously. And what they do is they work with uh, organizations internationally that would include startups and corporations, uh, helping companies mostly in transition. And so I am just thrilled to have this conversation and the opportunity to play host for this particular show. And I want to begin by opening uh, up the table for both Chris and Gene to talk a little bit about uh, the close conversations that you've both been in, and especially as it relates to today's leadership and how that shows up. And so, Chris, I would like to, you to go first and tell us about the conversations that you and Gene have been having. And um, one of the concepts that you shared with me, and you mentioned it in your, um, in your introduction, was called ripples in the universe. Can you talk about what you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. Let me. Well, I'll start a little bit about the conversation, and then you know where where the idea of ripple came from. So, um, Gene and I met actually in Kenya um, a few years ago on on a leaders' quest. Um, Gene was um, one of the hosts of this event, and I, I was a delegate, having interviewed uh, Lindsay Levin, the founder of Leaders Quest, and um, she inspired me to come along and and check out one of these quests and. We, we found ourselves in some deep conversations during that, uh, that amazing event. And I think the most, the one that I really remember uh, the, the deepest was um, being sat with Gene. We were sitting on a, on a chair of leaves in a forest with, um, with some other leaders, but also with a Maasai tribe. And they built this roaring great big fire and they'd, um, they slaughtered some goats and uh, we're cooking these these goats on the fire and uh, sometimes dancing around the fire and, and chanting as well. And uh, mindful of the hyenas that were uh, around the camp. Um, but looking through the, you know, past the flames and through the gaps in the tree, there was, um, you know, stars sort of twinkling. And it really was the most amazing backdrop for a deep conversation. And I think, you know, one of the conversations I remember having with, with Gene was around the, the leader, Salatan, of the Maasai tribe. And he was clearly very revered and very respected. But he walked among um, us and among the, um, the, the Maasai tribes people with, with real ease. And, and I think he's an example of somebody who um, has made what I would call a ripple in the universe, which is that he stepped up beyond his, um, his village, beyond his community, and he was out there in the world visiting companies with the Kenyan Tourist Board and bringing in resources which enable them to build an amazing school for the, for the children. And they were looking after elderly uh, widowed women and they were, had all sorts of initiatives, an eco-camp. And you know, he brought those ideas in. He'd, he'd, he'd stepped up and elevated. And while um, Gene and I were having our conversation um, over the last few months, we kind of reflected on that. But also Gene challenged me and he said, Chris, he said, Chris, how are you going to step up and, um, and make a shift to another level of uh, consciousness with your work? He's, he's good at asking questions like that. And, and rather than spiraling in the same sort of circle that you're operating, and I said to him, well, you mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of spiraling in, in my little area of the universe when actually what you're telling me, I need, I need to step up and make a bigger ripple. So this idea of ripple really came about stepping up but actually having a, a ripple uh, effect, a positive one out there uh, within the, the world. So, yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, wonderful, Chris. And I, I really love that you took us into that particular environment uh, sitting around the campfire. And uh, I felt transported into uh, the, the, the culture and the moment that you shared there. Um, Gene, I would love to invite you into the conversation as well. And I would love to hear as well your perspective on what do we mean by creating ripples in the universe? Oh, thank you, Steve. So... For me, ripples are a disruption of the status quo, and in our case, disruptions for the better. Um, they're defining moments, you know, where individuals realize that they actually can make a difference. And like Chris was saying, it's an opportunity to see ourselves differently and to step up in the world in a way that we might not have thought we could or should or our expectations were not set to do it. But for whatever reason, we were catalyzed to do that. And I think maybe I'll just share a, a brief story from Leaders Quest that uh, captures this for me, in that we, we host 
multinational companies uh, on these learning journeys that we call quests. And typically, there's several days, and we take our uh, quest participants out to visit a whole range of inspiring leaders and organizations. And this particular quest I'm thinking about was with a Japanese construction company, and they were new to leadership development. And so they primarily were focused on the con- what I call the content of construction. And so that meant that leadership was, was new to them and was a little bit strange and a little bit um, challenging, shall I say. And the first quest we took them on was to Silicon Valley, and we honored their request to primarily focus on construction. Uh, a year later, we took them to Atlanta, and we, we stretched them just a little bit more. And we had about half construction, and the, the other half was really focused on leadership. And then they came back to us and said they wanted to do a third quest. And we said, you know what? What we do in Leaders Quest is all about expanding our view of the world and expanding what's possible beyond what we're already doing. And, and they say, well, yeah, but what we want is construction. And we said, well, if you want construction, um, then probably you should find another organization to, to organize that tour for you because that, that's really not what we do. And so for me, this is a, this is a question about standing up for your core values that we were we had developed sufficient relationship that we felt listen either you you choose to move into the challenges and confrontations of the kind of work we do or you know go with someone else and, and that's perfectly fine for us and you know often is is the case when you say something like that the other people have to stop and think and then in this case they did and they said you know what we actually want to take that risk and so we did the third quest with them and what was fascinating about was that uh, we had challenged them to bring their senior senior leadership these were all senior executives and on this third quest they brought the chairman of the board and as a result the focus was we had i think we had two or three construction oriented visits out of 13 and the result was a bold new awareness on their part, both individually and also as a, as a company, including the chairman, of what was possible for them in terms of their own leadership. I mean, they got challenged by all kinds of, of leaders that they met in the case of that. And that was just, a, in a way, it was a small ripple. It wasn't a tsunami, but it was a ripple. And the feedback we got from, that, from the individuals and the chairman were that, that they had new eyes for leadership that they had not had coming from the Japanese culture into an American culture and seeing how all that difference played itself out. So we can have big ripples or we have small ripples. That in this case is a small ripple that I see is going to have a have a pretty substantial effect in their quite large company. It's a four point one billion dollar company. So um, they have quite an influence and I and that's one of the things that I see happening when we actively create ripples in the universe. Yeah, it, it's so fascinating, Gene. And I, I hear several things coming out of, of both the narrative that you're both sharing here, and as well as the stories. And I think it's Brene Brown that's in, in her most recent uh, book, she was talking about when, when we as individuals, we as human beings, are uh, show up as vulnerable, uh, and and you know in her book I think it was uh, daring greatly she talks about when we're courageous we're silently giving other people permission to to be courageous at the same time, and one of the things that I hear both of you sort of alluding to is that you know when we challenge other people to step up into uh, let's just call it their larger potential we're silently giving them permission or maybe we're overtly giving them permission to do the same thing. How would you both speak to that? I totally agree with that. I really love Brene Brown's work. And the way in which we experience that in Leaders Quest is that we are constantly holding space for people to do just that, to to find the courage of their best self. And I totally assume in with the people I work with that that they have access to that best self. And having said that, we often cover it over. And so what the challenge is, is how to remove that covering so that our best selves as leaderships can come out and do what we know we're capable of doing. Excellent. Chris, you want to chime in? Go ahead. Yeah, I kind of liken it to the analogy of of a, of a, a caterpillar. A caterpillar seems to spend its time consuming and uh, munching away 
and um, it, it's it's a very you know self fulfilling uh, thing to keep on keep on consuming. And you know, I see some leaders who you know spend their time you know, consuming, looking for for more revenue, looking for shorter profits, looking at how they can maybe you know exploit the resources that they've got for financial means. I remember one leader I was talking to who was saying, "Look, Chris, I love all this stuff, but you want to add value to the world. But I'm not interested. I just want to add value to me and maximize the amount of money in my bank account." Um, versus, say, you know that that transition into a butterfly, where a butterfly you know flies high and has a has a bigger perspective, and is and is is more free. And I think you know taking that leaders who take that bigger perspective and also look at what can they contribute. You know, butterfly can be you know they're beautiful things and generally and uh, you know how what, how can you bring some you know beauty, some value, some contribution. Um, at a higher level than um, you know, self-interest of maybe you know um, consuming and and building boundaries and um, and and not not collaborating, um, you know those sorts of sort of perspectives really. Yeah, great. I, you know, and it, it sounds like uh, you know in this day and age that uh, the complexities of the world that we're working within, um, you know, there is there is a ripeness, if you will. Uh, a readiness, if you will, for this work in the world, and uh, I would um, I, I'd be curious on how you both see. And I know we're about to head into a commercial break here, but on on why you both see that this is, this this work is important uh, for the world right now, and how you believe it's different than what we're currently seeing in the world of leadership. Yeah, I think that's something we can come back to after the break. It's a, it's a great question. Yeah. And I think it's also worth noting that, um, you know, this this is a new model of thinking for uh, uh, approaches to leader, leadership. And I know both of you had some very deep conversations around what that might look like and even what the model looks like. So, um, you know, this is, you know, mostly for the listeners, this is this is not a fully baked yet uh, type of approach to a new leadership model, but I think it's certainly a worthy conversation for us to be having around what leadership looks like in, in the modern era. Excellent. Well, let's do, let's do that after the break. We'll come back in Perfect. a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's an absolute pleasure to be back with you again today. It really is about releasing the potential within each one of us to be the leaders we're capable of being. And then if I look at it from the other angle of as a leader to ourselves, because we that's one of the primary focuses, shall I say, of our leadership. Uh, and that really is about aligning our behaviors with our core values in such a way that it's, I think you talked about, Steve, and Brene Brown talks about in terms of having the courage to stand for those values where we're not only focusing on our self-interest, but in fact, we're going beyond that. We're focusing on the, the interest of what, what's good for the whole. 
And I think in, in response to the question about the difference between what we see in the world today and maybe this model that we are aspiring to and both Chris and I and you are attempting to live, I take an example from South Africa where, I've, where I worked uh, uh, quite a long time and I was inspired, as I think many people are, by Nelson Mandela and also by this concept of Ubuntu, which basically means I am because you are. And it's a, it was, every time I was in South Africa, it was prominent uh, in my interactions with people. And it's, it's a way of looking at how our relationships with one another in community make a difference. And if I contrast the difference, for example, of what Mandela and what Desmond Tutu were able to, to do through their leadership, and I, I particularly focus on the, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that, that Desmond Tutu led, uh, that in that regard, they were looking at not only what's good for me and my self-interest, but what's good for the whole. So people who had been seriously violated uh, had an opportunity to confront uh, those who had done the violations and those who had been the violators were able to be restored without punitive judgment if they were willing to be open, honest, and transparent. And I, I see that as elevating leadership because it wasn't just about Nelson Mandela and it wasn't just about Desmond Tutu. It was about the whole nation. And you, some, some people could say that they actually were able to prevent civil war. Uh, at that time in history. And if you contrast that today globally with the partisanship that we see, with the div divisiveness, the strife, the, the inability to listen to one another, the contrast is stark. And I think that uh, if, we, if we go back to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, we need more examples of that kind of, of grace and that kind of graciousness uh, for reaching out across the lines of, of division and disagreement. And that is a major aspect of what Chris and I are talking about when we talk about elevating leadership. I mean, it clearly sounds like one of the things that we're talking about here in order for any leadership model, uh, be it one existing or, or the new one that you're beginning to explore here between you and Chris, is that it really begins with uh, the leadership of the self, uh, which also I would, I, was, I would argue that would uh, point to understanding uh, and being able to see yourself uh, in particular ways. You know, Chris, I wonder, shifting gears a little bit, when we're thinking about elevating leadership, how does this thinking, this approach, or even the application of it show up in not just the work that, that you do, but in your world? Yeah, I, I think it, it, it shows up. I mean, I, I have a brand, and I refer to it as business elevation. So it's about helping leaders to elevate themselves and their, their, their thinking to to a higher level and helping their teams to become more connected, helping um, their people, their workforces to become more engaged. And I think um, you know, this shift from, you know, from self-interest, from, um, you know, from employees and, uh, and the bosses um, and uh, enabling everybody to, you know, to, to benefit and learn and grow together as a system it is really important and also to be able to help people to appreciate. I mean, I, I talk to people and um, you know, say, so what do you do? Well, I, I process insurance claims. Well, actually, what you really do is you enable people to sleep at night because their risks are covered. You know, just having an appreciation actually deeply of what you do. And, and you know, a lot of work can be connected to, you know, very deep and, uh, and valuable senses. However, what I also am very mindful of is that if we look at the world, there's some outputs that we're not very happy with. The seas are full of plastics at the moment and, um, you know, there, there are conflict and there is division and barriers. And, you know, we're, we're choosing in the United Kingdom at the moment to move away from, from Europe. And it's, you know, it feels quite isolating to me rather than um, being you know, more, more sort of cohesive. Um, so I think um, it, it is helping people to always, 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 always step change um, help us to also think about you know what if we look back on our lives and we're older what what have we really contributed while we've been here um, not just sat in an office made a lot of money for people and then gone home um, but getting really connected to to you know meaningful purpose and then I think the other aspects are there's some self um, areas we have to think about you know I look around the world we've got an obesity problem we have uh, addiction problems um, 
we have uh, relationships uh, that break down. So I think as a leader, there is um, a responsibility to elevate your, 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 your thinking. But I spend a lot of time as well with leaders that I'm working with. They're also worried about actually, you know, I'm really overweight and, and I don't, I'm out of breath and I've not got a lot of energy that I need. Or actually, um, my wife's just left me um, and uh, she's taking the kids with me. These, these problems, I think um, this elevation of leadership is actually about getting all of this so that it's, it's all elevating and it's all moving in a direction that ideally you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Gene. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm thinking about uh, one of our hosts on a Leaders Quest we did uh, in Detroit. He's he was uh, in prison for 24 years for murder, and I, he to me is a contrast uh, in these two two dimensions. On on the one hand, he grew up in a neighborhood where seven of his friends in a two block area were sentenced to more than 20 years each uh, before they were 19. Um, he was incarcerated at the age of 17 when he was defending uh, a friend and killed someone. And what he has said is that I'm paying my debt to society. He's out now and he is a most amazing guy because he says, you know, that the punishment of prison is one thing, but the debt that I owe are selfless acts to make the world a better place. Well, that, that 24 years in prison actually had a really positive effect on him. And the, the character that he developed as a result of having to look at himself, which is I think what you were saying, he had to look at himself and say, who do I wanna be in the world? And he's becoming that in a, in a profound way. And so the contrast between you know, failing to elevate his leadership and choosing to elevate it is, is, is quite stark as well um, in that case. Steve, yeah. Steve, so, Steve, you mentioned something about um, before the call. You know, there's a lovely quote by Tony Robbins that we we significantly um, overestimate what we can achieve in a year, but we significantly underestimate what we can achieve in ten. And and I like that example with Gene. There is actually sometimes people might think it's actually you know hopeless. I'm at a, a difficult crossroads in in my life and. Um, but it is quite amazing that over a period of time, if we get focused on what's really important to us, how we can move things forward. And um, tomorrow evening, I've, I've been, I'm very delighted. I've been invited by a show guest, Carlin Pipes, who, who to have a swimming lesson because I'm in, to improve my swimming at the moment. And uh, she's over in the UK. And Carlin, at the age of uh, 30, was an alcoholic and she was had a terrible um, alcohol problem. And she just decided with her mum enough was enough. She's now in her early 50s and she's got... Uh, something like um, I think it's over 200 um, world swimming records, um, over 300 um, national U.S. Masters records, and she's in the International Swimming Hall of Fame. Um, so you can connect with something that you like doing, and she's one of the best coaches, swimming coaches in the world. So connect with something that you like doing, and it's incredible how you can transform. And she's transformed the lives of so many people she's inspired. Oh, it's beautiful. And, you know, part of what I'm hearing you both talk about here is, you know, we, we tend to, those of us in the business world tend to think about leadership as a business term. Uh, leadership happens in the corporate environment. Leadership happens uh, in, uh, in you know, political arenas or at city governments and, and things of that nature. I, I think part of what you're actually saying here is, and maybe there is an attempt and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe even attempt to reclaim the idea of leadership that it's not just something that happens in the workplace. How do we feel about that? I think there's absolutely no question that you, you just hit the nail on the head that this is, this is a cross context. And what Chris and I are talking about is elevating leadership from the inside out, which is what you talked about, Steve, and understanding that that we're constantly being given the opportunity to, to move forward and lead. And I just, I just take one example from my own life in, in terms of leading in regard to my family. Particularly, I'm now thinking about my family of origin because my mother um, died just a year ago in January when she was 95 years old. And the last seven years of her life were uh, quite remarkable in my view because my stepdad had died and she was, I have to say, she was a bit lost. And so I made the decision that uh, I would commit to do everything I could to create within her a sense of purpose for her life. And as it turned out, she was open to, to those kinds of conversations. And uh, as a consequence, she actually became 
much more energized in those last seven years than the previous three years where she had been widowed. And even to the last day, there were people who were coming to visit her simply to be in her presence. And I think that that is something, for example, that is an example. It is an example of leadership in that I chose to focus on her in a particular way and fortunately was successful in our conversations over time that uh, she regained her sense of agency as a result of that. And to me, that's that's releasing the potential within an individual who many people would just say, well, you know, she should be in a nursing home and just kind of let her be there till she dies. But that was not how it turned out. And I think that's what we're called to do. And, and Chris, I wonder what your perspective would be on, on that mindset. Well, you know, I think um, it's a, a lovely example there. That's uh, Jean, you know, Jean just identified. I saw a little bit of my dad's illness. My father died in, in November of last year. And in his last year, he greatly inspired me because he never complained about you know, having pancreatic cancer and Parkinson's disease. He just got on with it. And day in, day out, up until six weeks before his death, he would walk in the park uh, and and go out, even though sometimes he would fall over and have to be helped home. Um, you know, it's just the this, this, this small, um, you know, it, it, it's a small but significant thing. I, I From a, a personal perspective, a real kind of epiphany I had last year was I realized that as a, a leader, I focus on leading through my work, but I wasn't leading enough at home. And one of the things we did was we created, we sat down as a family, I had my children are nine and 12 and my, my wife. And I said, you know, what are the values? What's really important to this family? And we, we created some values and we decided kindness and joy and health and teamwork and, and, and growth and love were important to us as a family. Uh, and uh, everybody signed on to that. And then we created a statement, which was, um, it just happens to be on my wall here. We really care about our family and home, other people in the environment. We have great life experiences. We listen, learn from our mistakes and work hard to become the best we can be. And in that moment, in in sitting down with my family, I realized I felt very vulnerable in, in doing that because my oldest son was kind of smirking away and didn't really get what we were doing. The My wife wasn't so, so convinced, but my, my youngest absolutely loved it. But in that uh, moment of being vulnerable and creating that, those values and that, that sort of purpose statement for us, we grew closer together and I realized I was leading. Uh, and... Um, and I think that's important is just, just to take that lead in the family too and make sure you're all heading in the direction that you want to. Mm, yeah. And you have both mentioned core values uh, a couple of times uh, during this conversation. And, you know, core values can show up in lots of different ways, uh, both in our lives and in our work. Um, you know, Gene and Chris, you know, I wonder how how you go about cultivating those core values and what that actually means to you as, a, as it relates to leadership. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Um, well, I, I think, um, you know, the values require a, a deep internal reflection about what's really important to you. And a little exercise I sometimes, I often, well, quite often do with people is just, you know, keep repeating what's important to you in one word, what's important to you, what else is important to you, what else is important to you, and coming out with a long list of things that are important to you, and then and then prioritizing them in an order. Um, and uh, that, therefore, that, that starts to give you, you know, a little bit of um, a sense of what is truly important. And I've done this with companies in a big way, actually, where, you know, for example, I have one company where they... Uh, they were telling me that a uh, big insurance company, that the most important thing that their customers um, were, were their relationship with them was about commission. And I said, are you sure? So I took them through this exercise. And what they actually came back after a month, we had another course. And they said, I can't believe this. It's actually by doing that exercise with them, we've realized it's actually the fifth most important thing. And, and actually having a relationship with us and customer service and things like that are more important. And as a consequence, they were able to identify within three months, they generated two million pounds of extra revenue by simply asking those questions. So, you know, values are important to kind of elicit. That's great. And, you know, we're about to head into a, another commercial break here. You know, it's interesting you both have mentioned, uh, and Chris, you just noted the consequences of, of uh, not having core values 
and uh, or not being clear on what those core values are. Uh, one thing, just as a quick side note, to, you know, when I, the work that I do in organizational life uh, is helping to, to mine core values of organizations, which I believe are the operating system. So as we head into the commercial break, one of the things that I want to pick up on uh, at the uh, as we continue on is what are the consequences of leadership uh, who are not elevating what, how they do what they do and, and their core work. And so we're going to head into the commercial break now. And uh, thank you very much. We'll see you on the back side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. So before the break, we were just talking about uh, uh, the idea of consequences. And Gene, I want to offer you up the question of, you know, what are the consequences of leaders who don't go about elevating their leadership approach or potential? Yeah, I thought a lot about that. And uh, there are three things that come to mind just as you ask the question. You know, one is that leaders influence the systems of which they're a part, the systems of which they're involved in leading. And if they're not elevating their leadership approach, they are actually depleting themselves in that system of the life force which is available to it, which is, it can be destructive, it can be simply um, kind of misdirecting, but in any case, it reduces the potential of the system is one, one of the things that came to mind. The second thing that came to mind is that oftentimes when, when we don't elevate our leadership we think we're taking the safer road, but in fact, it's it's actually a more dangerous road because compromise and conformity create uh, what I would call long-term risk, and we see that almost everywhere today in society, and recognizing that there are short-term sacrifices that are required when we elevate our leadership, but they produce long-term benefits, even though it, it may not always feel that way. Um, and then the third thing I would say is that as you have said, and I've repeated several times, I do believe that all leadership begins internally with each of us as individuals. And if we as leaders choose not to open ourselves to change and growth, then the circle of influence we have really suffers because the message to those that we're leading is, you know, it's not safe to change and grow. And so clearly what Chris and I are committed to is is creating spaces where people recognize the opportunity to change, to grow, to develop, and as a consequence, become role models to those that they're leading uh, to say, yeah, you can do the same thing. Excellent. Thank you, Gene. You know, we've been talking a great deal deal here today about uh, this um, uh, leadership model. You know, uh, it it dawns on me that I'm not sure that we've simply articulated what the model actually looks like. So I wonder, Chris, if you wouldn't take a moment just to articulate for our listeners, what really does the model look like and how do we, how do we share that so that they have a firmer understanding of what that looks like? Absolutely. We, we kind of 
created out of our, our conversations, Gene and I, a model which uh, looks a bit like a star. And uh, at the tips of each of the star, there were there were five points. And the first one it links into, Steve, what you were talking about, about purpose and uh, and vision and values. And then that first one is know yourself. It's a, that deep understanding of self. Um, well, the person we often have to get around to achieve our objectives is we, we, we get in the way of ourselves. So we have to understand ourselves and our limiting beliefs and, and deal with some of those things. And this is an ongoing process. It's not you, you don't have to move on to step two once you've completed one. We've got to work on that area. And then I think the, the thing we notice within, um, within great leaders is an intense humility uh, and I think this is something that sets apart um, the leaders that Gene and I certainly really admire is that ability to be vulnerable. And um, if you are prepared to make a step change, I think that vulnerability goes up. Sometimes you've got to be prepared to go against a crowd and walk out, as Bernie Brown would say, into the wilderness. There's a sense of gratitude and that ability to create a positive vibration when you walk in the room, even when you're not talking to somebody. And then I think um, through you know, being a, a leading learner, and uh, someone who can um, who listens and uh, and absorbs and uh, and can also connect well with people through communication is number three is a depth of wisdom, um, which I think people acquire, and then also we see a bold seeker of truth. So actually, not just being buying into what everybody says, being able to ask exceptional questions and suspend your judgment, um, such that you identify what the tr- what the real uh, nub of the truth is. And before taking decisive action, in which is a, a place you're able to make a decision and walk, not wobble. And it, it was quite funny, actually, because we were we were testing this model. And Jim um, said to me, you know, who, who do you really, really admire? And um, it was quite funny because I came up with a fictional character. I just seen Designated Survivor by Tom Kirkman. So I said, oh, Tom Kirkman. And Gene said, who? Um, so I suggested he watch Designated Survivor, and the next time I spoke to him, he said, mm, Chris, he said, uh, just let you know, my wife and I have watched 32 hours of Designated Survivor in the last uh, 10 days. And, and I think he was, um, you know, his characteristics um, helped me, helped, you know, helped us to really formulate this, this um, methodology, as well as lots of other leaders. But it was one way of, you know, analyzing someone for, for many hours to, um, to come out with, um, you know, thinking about what we think this model might look like. So it may evolve over time, but that's where we, we see it at the moment, Steve. Excellent, Chris. Thank you. That was a very lucid uh, presentation. And, uh, you know, one thing that comes to mind as you're talking about this fictional character is uh, the work that we've, that the work, part of the work that I've done and part of the work of uh, Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell is built upon um, the concept of archetypes. And, uh, you know, they cross all cultures and these archetypes are individuals that we can embody and uh, show up in uh, very completely different ways. And part of that sometimes is an invitation to be, uh, to rise to a greater part of ourselves. Um, I wanna shift gears just real quickly here. And uh, Gene, you have talked, and, and I'm thinking about this through the, through as, as one moves through the model that Chris just articulated, you've talked about the concept of flow. I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing some perspective around that. Yeah, I love, I love flow. And as Chris said, you know, he, he does a lot of work with flow himself. And we've talked about this as, as something that very much relates to the, the concept of creating ripples in the universe. And one of the quotes that I really liked that, that Mother Teresa uh, gave us was, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. And I think that's something of what we're talking about with regard to flow in that in that when we are in flow, our ego falls away. Um, it feels like time flies and we're not even aware of the time going, that we are so fully enmeshed in the experience of the moment that we're not thinking, we're not judging, we're not creating internal dialogue or anything like that. Um, for some people, it's very much like playing jazz. Uh, it's that kind of spontaneous response to one another. It's I was a basketball player. It's very much when when we were in the zone as a team, it was absolutely flow. And so uh, I think this is a, a concept that's really significant for uh, elevating leadership. And there, there are a couple of things that really stand out to me about that. One of it, which is that that when we're in flow, we have access to what I call embodied knowing. 
And that really is the the unconscious awareness of our interconnectedness. And so on the basketball court, I would know where my my other uh, friends and colleagues who are on the team were. I would know where they were. And I wouldn't always have to look. And that is just kind of such a, uh, a powerful experience where you, you, you throw the pass and, and they're there. And suddenly they score. And there's just such a deep sense of connection. So that was one thing. And then another thing is that, that in flow, we often find that, or I often find that there's a wisdom that comes forth for me that surprises me. And with that, also a humility to know that this is this is not my conscious mind doing all this work. I, I somehow have, have been able to integrate, to access, and to share uh, a level of wisdom which which feels like it's beyond me. And so it's it's not something I take credit for. And then the third one is that, you know, so often I was thinking about when I'm not in flow, you know, my internal voices, you know, critical voices or, or questioning voices or objecting voices or whatever, they can be so distracting. But in flow, there's silence. It's like they, they, there's no need for them to be there. There's no place for them to be there. And then as a consequence, you know, then I'm free and we're free to, to collaborate and there's no fear of competition then or to, to create. And there's no concern for what's the outcome going to be because we know it's going to be really good or to contribute without needing to have a sense of it's, it's mine or it's I, I need to have the credit. Rather, the, the contribution and the, the creativity and the collaboration, they are so deeply satisfying in that state of flow that that it becomes generative. And it's generative for me as an individual, it's generative for me beyond uh, the, the limits of the task that I'm engaged in and the, the work that maybe me and my team are doing or the organization I'm working with is engaged with. So for me, this is flow is just something where I think we all have the experience of it. It's not a difficult concept to get in touch with. I think the challenge is, you know, how do we, how do we move from that state of, of kind of mental um, attention to actually the state of embodied flow. And that's the big challenge for us. It's interesting. One of the things that I'm hearing is that, you know, and I'm just imagining what listeners might be thinking, like, how does one go about uh, balancing or integrating the two juxtaposing ideas, potentially juxtaposing ideas of flow and leadership uh, or flow versus leadership? And Chris, I know flow is uh, part and parcel and incredibly important to your life. I wonder how you would respond to uh, to the juxtaposed thinking there or the integrative thinking between flow and leadership. Yeah, I've worked now with um, over 700 people in small small groups, 700 leadership um, teams and, uh, and, and senior groups. And um, I think flow, understanding your sense of flow and where you're not in flow is really important because what you do is you build a team around you who are in flow doing the things that you're not in flow doing. Because actually, um, you know, if you think about, for example, creativity, some people are highly creative and innovative. Some are very good with people. Some are very grounded and, and good at getting the day-to-day things done in a business where others are more, um, are more sort of structured, maybe systems or IT orientated or, or a balance of those things. But by understanding, and I have a diagnostic I use, where where, where you are, and also um, having a look at your team uh, and making sure you've got the right people in the right role, so and you've got people who are in their flow doing them, then the system really starts to move move forward. So it's really important to do that. Um, and if you're putting people into situations that they love um, and that, that they enjoy, uh, the output is so much greater rather than maybe putting them in a boat and asking them to continuously pedal and paddle upstream, which gets very, very tiring. Um, so it's a really important concept. It's important to understand where you're out of flow as well as where in a flow and to make sure that you have that appropriate balance in your team. Oh, beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. So as we begin to uh, wind down the show here, I wonder if you both would offer, and Gene, I'll turn to you first, maybe a, a couple of uh, key and parting thoughts that would help us summarize today. Sure. One of the thoughts that I have is, you know, as I'm thinking about listeners and if I were a listener, what, what I might want to be encouraged with is, is to say that, that we all have a choice about whether we're going to elevate our leadership or not. And 
you can interpret that elevating leadership in whatever way is appropriate to you as a listener, but it's a choice. And that choice has profound ramifications because to the degree that we hold ourselves back from releasing our full potential and taking the risk and having the courage to stand and and aligning our behavior with our core values, to the degree that we, we take those risks, we have very significant influence in the world, which creates all kinds of ripples. And many of those ripples, we don't even know what the consequence of them are. We just know that they come back to you. And I, I'm just reminded of, of people who come back to me years later. I had a I had a woman who was in one of my courses, um, and three years after uh, the course, she came back to me and said, you know, you told a story about Gilbert Kaplan, who is the kind of the world expert on Mahler's uh, Second Symphony. And she said, it was so inspired. I went out and bought um, his recording, and it has turned my life around. And that, that was years later that she came back to me. I didn't know I'd had any ripple, but we all have that potential for ripple. And so I guess that's my exhortation. And Chris, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So quick, quickly, I think reflect on yourself as a leader, as a parent, as a friend, as a as a relation, and, and have a think about how maybe you rather than maybe spiraling in your relationship. How can you shift that? Because through those people, um, you can have an enormous contribution um, to, to to the world. And and if you do that well, I think um, potentially the knock on effects that to humanity you will never know uh, the significance of of what you've contributed. But you've got to be a bit vulnerable. So uh, be prepared to be vulnerable and step out into the unknown. Oh, beautifully said. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that I'm hearing, is, which is a very clear message coming out of this, is that uh, not only is there a strong invitation for leaders who might be listening to this uh, to step out into their their own potential, but also to uh, to listen in to part two of this particular program, because there's a lot more to talk about. Gene, how can people get up with you? Um they can go to my LinkedIn uh, or they can just send me an email, gene.early at leadersquest.org. And then Chris? Yeah, um, you, can, you know, you can always contact me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Um, the website, chris at chriscooper.co.uk. So chriscooper.co.uk. Feel free to connect me on LinkedIn. There's a Be More, Achieve More page on Facebook as well. So connect with me in those mediums if we can be of any help. Uh, just to get in touch. And as um, as you mentioned there, Steve, we're going to do a part two to this interview. I think I'm going to be coming out live, I think, on the 10th of May. So um, we'll be back with you again to continue this conversation on the 10th of May. Um, Beautiful. Thank you, gentlemen, for the conversation. Thank you so much, Steve, for uh, your wonderful, wonderful job there as well, help, helping support us through today. Really appreciate it. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.